and welcome to the Black Chick Lit Podcast. I'm Danielle. And I'm Molly. And we are recording on New Year's Eve Eve, and mm-hmm. we are going to do a look back at the many books we read in 2016. Mm-hmm. And we'll go from there and we'll figure out from there. 2016 was kind of terrible, but yeah. at least we read good things. Yeah, that's so. true. A lot of um, reading to keep from crying, I think. Yes, just <laughs> distract yourself from what's the news. <laughs> so um, I guess we should just go over what we read in general. So okay. I can start or you can start or whatever. Go for just it. Sort of like, okay. So like my year in review, this is our take two. We should probably just own up to it. Yeah, like, we did a whole episode. <laughs> and um, uh, after we start talking, we start laughing a lot. So we're like, oh, I think it could be better. Yeah, so. we were like, you know what? I We're not 100% on that one. So this is our take two. <laughs> take two. So, we already know most of what we're going to say, which I think makes it better. I think no, so. we rehearse. So, but um, yeah, so like my year in review 2016, I think if you've listened to this enough, you've heard me complain about my Goodreads challenge and how I was failing. And I ultimately sort of did. I had to go back and edit it. So I read 30 books this year, which was 18 shy of my, excuse me, 48 goal. Um, most of that 30, like 19 were actually books. Um, there were also some comics in there and there were some um, nonfiction and I'd have to say the biggest outside of what we read for the podcast. So we read, just to go over what we read, we did Queen Sugar, Another Brooklyn, We Love You, Charlie Freeman, and um, Swing, oh time. My gosh, Swing Time. I was about to say, how did I forget the most recent one? Other than that, I'd have to say the Shade. Shade. <laughs> and it's looking at me right in the face because that was the longest book I read in 2016. It was 453 pages. And the shortest book I read was Binti by, oh, I don't want to mess her name up. Binti by Nin, Nindi Okrafor. I, I believe she's Nigerian-American. So that one was really good. Um, but other than that, it was a lot of romance from sci-fi, including Binti in a Star Trek book. And um, Homegoing, which we will probably go into, and Turner House, which we'll probably go into. Um, yeah, so that was my year. How about you? Yeah, so um, I did like this whole big long (laughs) statistical breakdown of the books that I read this year that I'm not going to read through again, but I don't know, maybe we'll put them on, maybe we can put these things on um, the blog if anyone's interested. We could do bonus footage. Yeah, bonus footage worth me just going through these stats. (laughs) Um, I think the most interesting thing that's takeaways that I got um were that I had a pretty good mix of literary fiction and genre fiction though I tended to to skew pretty heavily toward fantasy this year I think it's because I read all the A Song of Ice and Fire books um which might be overrepresenting fantasy but it also might be that I was trying not to live in 2016 <laughs> yeah that was a discovery we made that Towards the latter half of the year, I think we like our serious literary fiction habits gave way to pure escapism. Right, right. I also um, started a lot of series, um, uh, Outlander, um, Discworld, um, uh, Song of Ice and Fire, Pillars of the Earth, um, the my brilliant friend, but I didn't finish a lot of them (laughs) I was really good at reading first books and starting second books then starting then putting those second books down and walking away (laughs) you're like I don't need more of this I was like I'm good I'm good um so 
the longest book I read was um, A Storm of Swords at 1,216 pages, and then the shortest book was another Brooklyn at 192. And I thought that was interesting because those were actually my two favorite reads of the year. So that's some nice symmetry. Yeah, I think so. And everything else kind of fell in between. <laughs> so I think I think we have a good between the two of us. We have like nice niche genre stuff to talk about and as well as like big the big literary hits yeah so i'm gonna give you a question and it's okay. a pretty easy one okay so out of everything you read this year you kind of touched on it but what was your favorite read of the year okay so because i like to complicate um simple questions um i actually have three <laughs> so the best written I think the best overall um if you said what was the best book in my opinion um would have been another Brooklyn like we <laughs> we talked about another Brooklyn we talked about it we both totally we continue to talk, we about, continue it. To talk about it it's like the beautiful older sister who you know everyone aspires to be and <laughs> everyone compares it I put that on my list too so I think it's clear I think if you leave this podcast with anything it's that wow they really like I really like another, another Brooklyn um so the most fun um most likely to reread um was Storm of Swords which is the third book in um the Song of Ice and Fire um I guess series I don't know they've got some weird numbering where this is the last like full book and then the last three books have been like split into parts and their sequels and prequels so it's just it's it sounds like the Fast and Furious series oh my god I could do a whole <laughs> podcast on Fast and Furious like I am a Fast and Furious scholar at this point from how many times I've seen those movies because my boyfriend <laughs> loves them they make a whole thing of rewatching them every year I, I can't even get into that but um so yeah I would th I would say that was that was probably my personal favorite um just with the world building and just the badass characters and oh my god moments uh and especially being like super long so I could like really sink into it and uh, I just really liked it. I would recommend that. Which takes me to my last one, the book that I probably recommended the most, bought for, bought as gifts for people, like actually told people in my everyday life to read the most, was um, Turner House. Yay! I read that one too. Yeah, yeah. And I think that one of our um, our listeners actually wanted us to talk a little bit about Turner House um, because it was, it is, you know, right up our alley, but it did come out before we really started the podcast in earnest. Mm -hmm. So we didn't really get a chance to talk about it. And I was just wondering, what were your thoughts on Turner House? Yeah, the person who asked us to talk about it was at Relish Nicole. So thank you. Thank you. But um, my, my thoughts were, I like... As a plot, I think we probably should discuss it because I feel like it'd be interesting just to hear your thoughts because I'm sure you have very, like, literary thoughts about it. <laughs> but my thoughts is that it was just so... I felt, for me, the book was a bit disconnected and maybe I need to read it again, but I did love everyone in the book. Like, I loved... Oh, his name totally escapes me. The older brother. I loved how he generally thought he was going crazy. <laughs> and I guess what really hit for me was, one, I think when I was reading that book, it was shortly after we had sold my grandmother's house so my grandmother had to get put into like a care facility not put that makes it sound like we put her away but she moved into a care facility and so we had to sell our house and so that was sort of an emotional thing because I think like that my parents have moved a lot growing up and my grandmother has never moved for the entirety that I've been alive 
And I think my mother, my mother even spent like her teenage years in that house. So that house has been in the family for a long time. So selling it and then it was eventually demolished because that's how they do nowadays. They tear down the old house to build new ones was sort of an emotional thing. You don't realize how much attachment you put in a house Mm -hmm. where like people grow up. And I also kind of enjoyed that it was in Detroit. You don't see a lot of stories that take place in Detroit. And I spent, I spent a summer in Detroit and it's a very interesting city. (laughs) It gets maybe more hate than it deserves. I feel like Detroit's an easy target. (laughs) Like it's big and it's kind of falling apart and it's, it's kind of like had a lot of public meltdowns. It's like the Lindsay Lohan of like, <laughs> but at its heart, it like the people who live there really love Detroit. So I would totally live in Detroit. Um, but yeah, so that's why I liked it. And I know you have your reasons for. Yeah, very, very similar. Um, there's a scene where the youngest Turner daughter goes back to the house after no one else is living there. And um, she's like looking at all the pictures on the wall and she's thinking about all the different rooms. And it also reminded me of my grandma's house because she has like, you know, pictures of my mom, like at uh, her high school graduation. And then next to a picture of my brother as a baby. And it's like, that's where, you know, kind of our family history is. And it also reminded me of like my mom, she has a lot of siblings and all my uncles and my aunts. Um, I do agree that it was a little bit disjointed. And I feel like the ending was maybe a little bit rushed. But that kind of second to last chapter where all the siblings come in and they have like the birthday party and they're mm-hmm. all like um, eating and barbecuing and wearing matching T-shirts. And I was like, oh, my God, like this is <laughs> this is my family. You know what I mean? Like this is if I could point a point out a book that felt the most familiar to me this year and probably one of the most that I've ever read, it would probably be Turner House. It was just that her her description of, I think, the dynamics of a Midwestern yeah. Black family were just, it really resonated with me. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, the Midwestern part, like I kind of mentioned on Detroit, but you see a lot, you don't see a lot about I think because we probably relate more to it because it is like right. in a Midwestern big city. Right. It's like, um, so Danielle grew up in St. Louis. I grew, grew up in Kansas City. Um, that makes us mortal enemies. It makes us mortal enemies, but she's born in Kansas City. So <laughs> that's why we can get along. No, seriously. So I live in um, Southern California now. And every once in a while, I'll, I'll see people from St. Louis. And I always recognize them because they have on cardinal hats. Or they'll recognize me because I might have on like a Royals t-shirt or something, especially the last couple of years when they were winning. And yes, I'm a Fairweather fan, but whatever. I I went to the games as kids and saw them lose over. I deserve it. You're like, I, I paid your due. <laughs> I paid my due. Um, so they'll like they almost always seem to find me and they always <laughs> like say, and it's always kind of an aside thing, like, oh, you're from you're from KC, huh? <laughs> hmm. 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 <laughs> But I do, I do feel like since I moved here, I see more often people talking about, you know, they call it the flyover states or the middle of the country. And there's just this assumption that everyone, that it's homogenous there, that everyone there is white, that, um, you know, there are no people of color, no black people, but, you know, Kansas City is like 40% black. And I'm like, they're like, that's that there's stories there, there's people there, there's a culture there that just gets overlooked over and over and over again because I don't know, people have these assumptions about the Midwest. So it's nice to see see something that was so familiar. Mm-hmm. 
And I would think, I think one other thing I had with it was there were so many siblings that I sort of wish we maybe, because some of them would be really interesting. Like there was the, the he was, Crooked, Crooked feels really strong, but the cop who wasn't 100% <laughs> yeah, on wasn't the level. A hunt, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like he was kind of, I wanted to know what happened to him. And I feel like because she did have to balance all those characters that maybe not everyone got the attention that was due. Right. Or the one sister who was uh, like super into homeopathic remedies. <laughs> and she like, like that's the kind of like six-year-old lady I want to be. Like just in a long... Like captain with like crystals and like yeah. sipping a sipping some red wine. And it's like, oh yes, here I am. <laughs> I could have honestly spent more time with them just like growing up and less time with the ghost story. I think so too. I like the ghost story. I like that he went he's going like crazy in this like super bougie literary way <laughs> like he's like oh i'm going like zora neale hurston is the only one who understands me um, and I, I do like the all the stuff about the hate and i would i would either have liked to see more about that because i don't know what came through the window that day i don't know if there was a ghost or not yeah, um, that could have I could have used fleshing out there too. Yeah, like I actually wouldn't mind seeing more in with these characters. Like if there was gonna be a I, I don't now remember if you said this or our Twitter followers said this that this should be the TV show. It like, was it was at Relish Nicole. Yes, but yeah, that was her. I think and that's that makes a sense. fantastic yeah. idea because there's just so many like characters and they had such big personalities that I would love to see. I love to see that, and it maybe doesn't have the uh, <laughs> the level of like everyone's against me that uh, the poor Charlie from Queen Sugar Face. Oh gosh, we got to tweet Oprah or Ava. Go, go get we on. We do, that. Ava, Ava. I know that you subscribe to our podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, check this out. Check so, this okay, out. yeah, that's great. So that was on mine. I that was my top reading. I forgot we had questions. We had like long. <laughs> But um, so if I had to pick my best year, so mine is not quite as literary as Molly's, but I mine was probably I mean this is a very long time called the Brightest Day, uh Juneteenth Historical Romance Anthology. Mm-hmm. So it's a collection of four stories by four um black romance writers, and they all take place in different eras, and they just deal with, and most of them Juneteenth is not like, like that's just the setting I believe like Juneteenth doesn't really take place in any like it doesn't factor on any of the plots side note we had a really hard time we earlier did. this year trying to find a Juneteenth that's why novel you, that's why yeah we were trying to find a Juneteenth novel and we couldn't, <laughs> we couldn't even find, find one it. and then I think Harlan Ellison wrote a book called Juneteenth, called Juneteenth and it has nothing to nothing, do it doesn't nothing, even take place in June yeah it's like nothing to do with Juneteenth and I remember because some guy like sort of snarkily tweeted us like um Juneteenth the book and I was like well actually <laughs> so yeah this started it this was the only book I could find yeah that like yeah. deals with Juneteenth which I mean that should be let's Side, we get uh, side rant. Uh-huh. Juneteenth should be a bigger deal than be. what it is. It's okay. the celebration of the emancipation of the African American people. It should be a much bigger deal than what it is. It should be. First of all, I mean, if if only for okay, yes, we should be celebrating this because it's an important part of our history. And I think that it's weird that we say, "Oh, Black history is over here," but then there's this other thing called American history. It's like. But you built America. Like, you know, this is my country. Like, you got to celebrate my holidays. And secondly, because who doesn't want more summer holidays? Like, exactly. <laughs> you know, summer's a dry. T- summer gets dry. 
There's nothing to celebrate. And I think, like, even among Black people, Juneteenth isn't really... I feel like it's, like, Kwanzaa, sort of. Like, yeah. yeah, there are people who celebrate it, and it's very much close with Black people, but, like... I remember a couple times going to, like, uh, like a picnic or something for Juneteenth when I was a kid, and it was hella fun. But then yeah. it's, like, it kind of taped, like, I don't know. It just... And then I looked up the Juneteenth celebration in Kansas City, and it didn't... Like, I couldn't find as much about it anymore. Um, yeah. So, it, one of the reasons, and this, I'm not excusing it, I just wonder if this is one of the reasons, is because it started very local. I think it was like a Galveston, Texas mm-hmm. celebration. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we've had other celebrations that started off locally, and we just sort of adapted to income, like, or at the national level. So, mm-hmm. step it up, all of us. But all I guess. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go all out this year. Like, I was kind of, I was kind of, um... <laughs> Well, we were like saying, so we said all this in June, like we were going to do it. So I was like going around saying, happy Juneteenth, everybody. <laughs> and I remember someone asked me in a social setting, they were like, oh, um, uh, what are we all doing? We were talking about summer plans or something. And I remember I said, oh, well, Juneteenth, you know, is coming up and I want to do something for that. And this other person said, what's Juneteenth? And I said, oh, it's Emancipation Day, you know, the day that we celebrate Emancipation. And she said, is that big where you're from? <laughs> and I was like I was like and I remember like at first I was like well, do you mean Missouri <laughs> and then I just said well maybe it's a bigger deal for some than others yeah spoiler alert it is not big in Missouri it is not big in Missouri no, no. Well, a lot of things are not big in Missouri <laughs> a lot of things that you would think should be aren't so, but yeah, and I remember that. So yeah, this is a book, and I like I kind of liked it because it touches on the history. Because historical romances, I think people like them because you do learn a bit of history in them. So it touches on the celebration. They all take place in different time periods, though. So I think only the first book or the first story takes place really shortly after the freeing of the slaves. And I think the last story takes place in like the 60s because one of the main characters is um an African-American woman who finds herself getting involved with the civil rights movement and it's sort of, she has a reputation of just being a quiet sort of quote unquote good girl. And so her involvement sort of like is a character defining moment. She learns to speak up more. So it's a really good book. And if you like history and black people, I would definitely say get it. <laughs> and Hopefully you like, like one or the other. Hopefully you like black people if you're listening to us. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, you're just a racist expanding your views. But either way, yeah. So that was probably my favorite book. And then actually... <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't know um I had another book and I feel really bad because you had all these quality titles I'm gonna have to come on here you had much better quality titles than I did I'm gonna have to come on here and say um Star Trek novel I read oh (laughs) see this is the real reason she wanted to to redo the episode because right when she finished she's like I didn't talk about the Star Trek novel and then I said Star Wars and she got mad I didn't didn't get mad I corrected (laughs) there's a Star Trek so Deep Space Nine is like my favorite of the Star Trek series I don't know if you know Star Trek if you don't it's not like Star Wars where it's mostly movies it's mostly on tv and they had a whole bunch of series. In Star Trek Deep Space Nine, all you need to know is it was the one that had the black captain. And it took place on a station as opposed to a ship. Which I think meant for better story writing. Because when you're on a ship and you're traveling from place to place, you can't interact with the same people as often. Mm-hmm. If you're on a station and everyone's coming to you, there's more opportunities for people to like develop long-term relationships and like longer arcing stories. 
So that's that spiel. But basically, this is the book I mentioned earlier in the year about like the um, there's like this alien who gets abducted by or not abducted, he gets um, abandoned by his family. And so he's adopted by a race of aliens who his species has oppressed. So it's just really interesting. And they get really there was a quote, and I think I tweeted it, where one of the characters is looking at him because he's back on the home planet where he is seen as the oppressor. And he's like, when they see you, they won't see that you're they won't see that you're a good person. They'll just see that you're Kardashian and, that, and then they'll shoot. And I'm like, that's... Did you say Kardashian? Huh? Did you say Kardashian? Kardashian. <laughs> Kardashian, not Kardashian. Yeah, no, it's a pun. And I don't think... I think they came first. I think they came before the Kardashians. <laughs> and then, as we say this, there was one other book I want to add. And it's another historical romance because, again, that's who I am. And this third book I liked was called An Extraordinary Union, and it was by Alyssa Cole. It's not out yet. I got a copy of it at Book Riot Live, and I just want to make sure everyone knows that it's coming out so they can go get it. What's the date it's, it's coming out? Um, April, I believe, um, either late March or April. I think it may be March 27th or March 28th, but definitely by April it'll be coming out. And basically in the story, there is um, a woman who is African-American, and she has an eidactic memory, so she... Um, she can remember everything she sees and has heard and she works as a spy for the union and so while she's out being a spy she comes across a man who is presents as a confederate soldier but is actually also a spy for the union and so they end up working like the same mission and um there's something with the boat I was paying more attention to the romance than I was the politics but it's very good and it's very well written and I don't want to give it away but I would definitely say if you like historical romances that have black people, which again, hard to find. You definitely want to pick this one up. It was very sweet. So, yeah. I swear I read real fiction this year. <laughs> well, I kind of I felt, like felt like I was saving the more like highfalutin stuff for the <laughs> podcast. That's the third time you've read highfalutin. <laughs> it's a good word. And in my spare time, I was reading just a lot of like escapist stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like Danielle told me to read Stephen King and I was like, oh, I don't know about Stephen King. And now I've read like <laughs> it, um, 11, 63 and misery, um, like within a month. So I feel like that's how you consume Stephen King. Cause I did that in high school where I had like, I read all the books in like a period of a month, not all of them, but uh-huh. I read like. Book after book, I read like Gerald's Game, The Long Walk, Rage, like book after book. And then like, I need to go back because I want to read the Dark Tower series because that's being uh, made into a movie with uh-huh. everyone's favorite. Uh, I just, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I feel like that's just how you read Stephen King. You read one because he has so much. So you can't. He does. He has a lot. Like the only thing I had read of his before was um, The Langoliers. And I was like, I, I'm not getting it. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, yeah, so I actually, um, this is the story that I wanted to tell. <laughs> um, so in our last podcast, um, Danielle said, oh, you should read Misery. It's not like the, the movie at all. And so I was like, oh, okay, it's pretty short. I'll give it a read while, you know, I'm traveling. And it was just like, if you've given me one suggestion that was completely <laughs> awesome this year, this is completely it. Like, if you're looking for... Um, spoiler alert, my boyfriend and I um, are also trying to get a, podca- a podcast of our own off the ground where we talk about horror because I'm just not into it. So I'm kind of learning. If you are a horror fan or if you just kind of like that, like weird, like freaky stories, this is definitely the book because they 
they just ratchet up the insanity. Um, and I got really into it and it's got a lot of momentum. And maybe that's what you're talking about with Stephen King. Like you start reading it and you got to read more. You got to read more because it's so compelling. Um, so my boyfriend was out of town and I was like, okay, well, I made like some nice salmon and I was reading it well, listening to it. And um, I was like, okay, like I'm in the second to last chapter, but I know like some crazy shit's about to happen. I just know it. And um, I was telling Danielle, I usually um, root for the villains in stories, but I really just could not wait for them to kill Annie because I just hated her so much. I was like, oh my God, there's going to be this huge showdown. And I was getting so excited. So I was like, okay, I got this bath bomb. I have like an oil diffuser. I'm going to like take a bath and pour like this, uh, this glass of wine and I'm going to listen to it. And it's going to be so awesome. And I'm just going to have like this relaxing, like Molly afternoon, <laughs> you know? So <laughs> I turned the audiobook off and I started getting ready and like I'm in the tub and everything and I finally turn it back on and he's like safe and he's back at home and I'm like wait what like what so I listened to it and I was like okay well maybe they're gonna do this artsy kind of thing like look back at what happened and I think I tweeted you my plan for the evening like, oh, I'm almost <laughs> gonna finish it I'll let you know and so I got in the bath I listened through the end of the book and I'm like I get out and I'm like Oh, that was it like and so Danielle was like what the hell did you read <laughs> and so I went back on audible and it turns out that it skipped the second to last chapter which is where the crazy <laughs> like it's it's not it's not a subtle ending like even in the slightest so <laughs> I, maybe like we were saying before like audible we would we love you um we'd love you to sponsor us but you done fucked that one up <laughs> that audible that audible and I didn't even know I was just like okay okay and then I was like oh that's a different direction to go in <laughs> yeah it's me and audible have had like a love hate relationship this year because mm -hmm. I read but I did learn and I think I discussed this you're gonna listen to audible memoirs and nonfiction is the way to go straight fiction literary fiction is just too hard I read um but I did like I'm currently listening to Trevor Noah's Born a Crime which I'm cool on Trevor Noah. I'm like neither for or against Trevor Noah. Um, but his story is really compelling. So the story is about his childhood growing up under apartheid um, in South Africa and how like when he was born, he was actually evidence of a crime because miscegenation. Ah, miscegenation. Yes. Miscegenation was illegal there. So it was just interesting. He talks about how like when he and his father and his mother would go out in public he his his father would have to walk like 10 feet ahead of them to look like he wasn't with them so and he's narrating his story so it, I think it works for those type of stories yeah for things like that I don't like fiction I've just learned to know yeah oh. see I really like it for fiction um and there is one uh, <laughs> nerd fight that uh we were oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so I um when I was reading the song of ice and fire a song of ice and fire I read the first one um, because my boyfriend had the paperback and I was in some kind of, I was sick or like some traveling something and I was like, okay, I'll read it. And then I got really into it. So I read the first one in paperback. Then I read the second one on, um, not Audible, on um, Kindle. 
And then the third one, I was like back at work and everything. So I was like, well, I'll read the audiobook. The guy who narrates that is insane. <laughs> and there's this whole fight about whether or not you should even bother with them. But I, I loved him. Like his character voices are wildly inconsistent. Some of them are like horrible. Like his Hodor is actually horrible to hear. <laughs> um, and he often mispronounces people's names. Like there's one character, Joffrey. And I swear to God, and I can't prove this, but exactly <laughs> one time he calls him Jeffrey. And I have to go back and see if that's like just a character. Mistake. But I know that he's one of, he's like the author's like old time friend. And he wanted, when they did the TV show, there's this um, pervy old maester who's like sleeping with all the ladies and acting like all like an old feeble man during the day. And you know, getting her on at night. And he recommended this guy to play that character who's always in bed with like these young, these young hoes, right? And so when he got too sick, he does, he does show up as the guy who, um, who gives Tyrion the, the wildfire. Um, like he's just a crazy looking old guy in a hat. That's the guy who narrates all the books. So, um, I said before that it's kind of like the Harry Potter audiobooks where people say, I, I personally haven't listened to them, but um, I know that people say that uh, the character acting is so great and he really gets into it. This is kind of like that, like all that passion, but maybe not so much the talent. So if that's something that appeals to you because that is right up my alley, then I would definitely try the audiobooks because they're just... Of everything that I listened to in audio this year, like that had definitely the most personality. <laughs> it was the most memorable. I kind of want to go on the website and listen to the sample. Listen like, to the yeah, sample because it's it's it is crazy. Like there's this one point where he says, "Rollo," that opens a chapter. I just isolated that and played that over and over whenever, like I would sneak up behind my boyfriend and play it. Like if he was like taking a shower or in the bathroom, I would play it through the door. Like it's just so weird and so hilarious. So you all sound like you have a fun relationship. Which <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, this sort of leads to our next question. I didn't realize I didn't say the title of the nerdy Star Trek book. So if anyone is curious, because you never know, yeah. it was called A Never Ending Sacrifice, and it was by Una McCormick. She's written a couple books and she's pretty good. So, okay. so there's that. So yes. So Molly, mm-hmm. what do you think was your least favorite read okay. of the year? My least favorite of the year had to be Dragonfly and Amber. Um, that is the second book, the follow-up to Outlander, which um, is another thing that's become a TV show. Um, Outlander, I really liked. It's very unlikely for me to read um, historical romance, um, but it does have like that time traveling element. It's just this girl who like goes back from World War II to like uh, uh, Scotland, like old timey Scotland, and she meets this like hot young guy, and they like bang all across Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of interesting. I I read this. Um, this isn't my thing that I pointed out, but it is like kind of noticeable in the book that it kind of subverts the damsel in distress um, dynamic um, where Claire, that's our protagonist, is the one who's going to save her boyfriend, Jamie, over and over again from like this evil guy who actually 
I mean, spoiler, rapes him. And she has oh. to, she has to be the one who saves him. And so it ends on this, well, he does like, I don't know, there's some weird quirks to this book because, you know, it's like, that's really wrong and all this stuff is going on. Then one time he just like beats her butt. And I mean, like, he literally like punches her butt and slaps her butt <laughs> like a bunch. So I there there are interesting things and then there's some regressive things in it. But it made for an interesting read and it ends on this kind of crazy cliffhanger I was like, okay, let me read the next one. And the next one, like, for the first five or six chapters, they're sitting around drinking tea. And I'm like, but what what about that crazy rapist? What about what about the clans war? What about well not the clans war, the war between the Scottish, the Scottish groups. Um, you know, what about all the butt beating? Like <laughs> what, what about that? What about that butt beating? So it just like lost so much momentum and it does a weird thing where she keeps like saying very slyly, like, I went to the past and your father is like an ancient Scottish warrior, but like everyone else doesn't know what she's talking about. So I don't know why they're hiding the fact that she time traveled because I just read this whole other book where she time traveled. Um, and I did see, and now I can't, this was just like the other day when I was getting ready for this, the third book, because I was like, I, was, I wonder if I should finish that book. I hear that the third book that goes to like the Caribbean or something and meet some racist <laughs> stereotypes. So I think I've, that sounds I, it's, it sounds, yeah, that's a really nice way to put it. So um, I think I'm just done with that series. Like I think Outlander was good enough for me and just Dragonfly and Amber was just, just something I just couldn't get through. Yeah, I, 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 I totally understand. <laughs> she's had to describe this whole second book, and I'm like, she sells it up so well. And then we get to that second book, and it's like tea, and I'm like, eh. Yeah, so. she's like, she's drinking tea, and she's drinking a little whiskey, and they're like, oh, she has brown eyes that look like whiskey. Oh, my God. And it's like, okay, I get it. I get it. She's got brown eyes. Like, at least in A Song of Ice and Fire, he spends maybe 20% of the time talking about the different colors of flags. But <laughs> at least that shit has some practical application later when, like, a dragon comes by with that flag on its back, and you're like, oh, that's that guy. I remember him. <laughs> this is just, like, I get it. She's got brown eyes. Oh, boy. Well, so for my least favorite reads, I, the lowest rated one I have is actually Swing Time. I didn't include that on the last discussion. And, again, that one probably deserves a reread because... I know we're not trying to hate on Audible. This isn't the Audible hate hour, but like I do sort of blame Audible. Like this is not on Audible. Like this book was too long for me to do audio. I should have read it so I can like make my little notes and put my little bookmarks and do all that fancy jazz that I do. My second one, and I feel bad hating on this one because it's written by a black woman author who's not not a traditional author. She like started it on her own, and it was um I'm judging you by Yuvi Ajayi. And so she has um, the Facebook and the blog with like Awesomely UV and Lovey or whatever. I'm pretty sure. I'm oh, yeah, about. yeah. Awesomely Lovey. Um, and she's really funny on the blog and she's mm -hmm. really funny on Facebook. And this is another one that I listened to. And I know I just said that I think it works better <laughs> if they're memoirs. But um, the so Trevor Noah and um, Phoebe Robinson, who also did You Can't Touch My Hair, a collection of essays. I listened to both of those on Audible. And it's clear that they have like a background in stand-up. And so they sort of know, even though I think Noah, Trevor Noah's delivery can be off sometimes, they know how to like 
perform mm-hmm. audibly. Whereas I think um, Livy is a writer and that's her background. And so she would write these things that when I read them to myself would be really funny. But then her performance would sort of like the delivery would make it a little less funny. So I sort of wished I had read this book. It's a collection of essays and she touches on like everything. She touches on how not to act a fool on social media, <laughs> how not to be in stupid relationships, how not to be the bad friend and like racism and sexism and homophobia. And she talks on all those things. And I feel like if I had read it as a book, I'd probably love it. Cause then I could have like filled in the voice myself mm. and I know what I think is funny and it would have been funnier. Whereas with her delivery on audible, there were some instances where I was like, why didn't they retake that? Like, <laughs> like she like accidentally skipped a word and like she'd stop. And it's like, why, why did they let that go? Why wouldn't we retake that that like stop pause you can you can edit things and redo that so that was my one complaint so other than that though I had a pretty satisfying year so it was mainly audible's fault (laughs) things I didn't like it was nothing no one's fault of bad writing it was just like I really should have read this book much better than as I was telling Molly much better than 2015 where I had at least four two stars and um three one star (laughs) books in 2015 and um I guess I was just really miserable. So, but yeah, that's probably my least liked. Yeah. And I feel really bad because I want to be the, I want to help build this up. Right. And I love her blog and I love her Facebook page, but maybe just the writing. I'll stick to her. I'll just stick to reading her. Yeah. So let's go to our next question. What is one book that, um, you put down that deserves, um, another chance? You started it and maybe it just, you didn't like it and maybe it needs another chance. Yeah. Okay. Um, so for that, I said the wings versus the world, um, which is the story of a Chinese American father who gets very wealthy and then he loses all his wealth and he has to drive with his two of his kids from um, Los Angeles to New York, um, to stay with his oldest daughter. Cause now all their money's gone and, his like nanny and his uh, new wife, their stepmother. And the first chapter is hilarious. Like it's just like the father, like recounting like his like rise and fall and how he's like super hella bitter against everybody. And he's it like, sounds like arrested development. It is kind of like arrested <laughs> development. It, it, it definitely is. And um, it's, it's really funny. And the different kids, except for the youngest one, I probably couldn't get into it as much are, really well-rounded and they're all kind of awful but they're really funny <laughs> and the reason I put this down was because I got this the week we were supposed to read swing time and I fudged the date so I had like three days to read it and I just hadn't I, I just haven't picked it back up because it's always been like oh well you should read this and I'm like okay you, by at this point you should know just from trying to follow like me constructing a <laughs> sentence that I get distracted very easily so um I think maybe I'll try it on audible um because I do t- I can like have a fidget or something or like be walking around while listening and that actually sometimes helps me focus more on a book so that might be an, a, an audible pick for me so mine you <laughs> With any sort of regularity, you know that I, for like the past seven months, have been reading in Untamed State. <laughs> and I think it's just time for me to move it to the did not finish pile and to stop fooling myself. Um, but I do want to 
maybe later in 2017 if things are going better give it a chance mm -hmm. the book is very well written and i love roxanne gay she mm -hmm. came to um the university i work at once and she like read some of her essays out loud and they're really funny and fun and so i went and picked up an untamed stay and like this book it's not fun <laughs> <laughs> If you don't know the plot, the stories, um, there's this, um, this her, she's, I guess she's, they're relatively wealthy compared uh -huh. to the rest on Haiti. And she's with her family, with her husband and her son, and they're visiting her parents in Haiti and she gets kidnapped. And it's sort of alluded to in the book that this is a common thing that some desperate people will kidnap people, ask for a big sum of money and then return the family members. But, um, so you stay with her for most of her, um, in prison, her abduction, and it's pretty brutal. And Roxane Gay does not at any point like like fade to black and allude to some of the bad things mm -hmm. that are happening to her. You are there for the bad things that are happening to yeah. her. There are different like warnings for like sexual assault and rape and like torture. And it's like, I can't, I can't. <laughs> this year has been so hard already. Right. I can't. And I I picked it up because I love bad feminists and I love Roxanne Gay's like um Twitter profile yeah. and I just like when I have this like image of myself like picking this book up and looking at it and like putting it down and like turning around and seeing her there and just her calling me like a punk bitch like can't you like you're not even ready for this and me just saying like you're right I mean you went wrong you're right I can't I'm sorry so maybe it's being made into a movie also so I've seen the production notes so maybe if 2017 is not as apocalyptic as I expect it to be and I have some like downtime where I feel like being real I'll read it then but um for now I may need to like I need to be gentle with myself <laughs> I need to read a bit more happier thing yeah. like so that is one and I, I it deserves another chance and I know it deserves another chance because it is well written and I'm sure it's saying really smart things that I need to be aware of but I just think I'll need to break right now yeah <laughs> Um, and I think that's it for the most part. I mean, I did not finish a few other things, but yeah. I don't think they deserve <laughs> I did not finish them because I think they deserve another chance. Uh, so, oh, speaking of, this is sort of related. Okay. This is never anything I started, and I think I mentioned it. I have this urge, and I'll see if I give into it, to um, read Underground Airlines. <laughs> and I've told Meg or Molly this numerous times and she's like you're on your own on that one because i am not doing it um if you don't know it is um underground airlines is by i have to look up who it's by ben h winters and it takes place in like an alternate universe where the civil war never or it either never happened or the south won yeah i think it's the former i think it's the civil war never happened because lincoln was never elected and i'm sitting here like but that's not how things work right <laughs> i feel like the civil war would have happened no matter who was president it doesn't matter but um and so the fact that it was written by like a white guy kind of makes me uncomfortable. The fact that everyone alludes to that the reason this white guy can write it is because he's written all these other fantasy stories makes me sort of uncomfortable. And I think there's so many things being written by black writers on this topic who are more knowledgeable that like, I can't, yeah. that I don't want to divert. Like if I read this, it's going to take time and energy away from something else I would much rather be reading. Right. But at the same time, I really like being right. <laughs> And someone did chew us out. We um, we read about this on the blog, and so I was like, "Well, I don't know how you could turn it out." I've never, never read, read it. Yet. I was like, "You're right," but I mean, I've never been shot in the foot. <laughs> I think that would suck. 
So exactly. So I, I, I have her. I go back and forth. Oh, and then one person alluded to like, oh, if you have time to read Harlequin romances, you have time to read this. And I was like, look, Harlequin knows how to stay in their lane. You will never see. <laughs> you will never see Harlequin. see Harlequin trying to handle like police brutality. <laughs> like they're not doing it. They know what they're about, and uh-huh. I respect that. Uh-huh. I respect it. Oh gosh, yeah. So that's one. I don't think it deserves a chance, but I have been considering. And if I read it, I'm not paying for it. It'll be a library <laughs> or some other way, but I'm not paying for it. So that's one I've considered. And I know I'll be on my own if I do that one. Yeah, I'm sorry. I got to I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I start more sequels and not finish them. <laughs> you know, I read, so one of the books I read this year was um, Pillars of the Earth. Um, which is about, I think I talked about this, like this medieval um, English town and they're trying to build a, build a cathedral. And it sounds really boring, but it's like hell. Oh, awesome. yeah, you mentioned yeah. that one, yeah. So it has a follow-up and I read like 500 pages of it and then I just put it down and I just like walked away. <laughs> like I've never gotten that far in a book. I've just been like, mm-hmm. like it's, it's, it's about building a bridge, which I care even less <laughs> about. <laughs> Are these fictional stories? They, they are like fiction. They're fiction, okay. yeah. And it's like it's like an epic fiction. Like it would almost be fantasy. Why I read it was after I finished all of the fantasy books, I was like, oh my god, like I need like this big epic with like big characters. And again, um, shout out to um <laughs> our books and our recommend me a book. I kept seeing over and over again, what should I read after George R. R. Martin? And I read, like, dream songs, and I read the blog, like, all this stuff. And they're like, oh, oh, my God. Every single person was like, read Pillars of the Earth, read Pillars of the Earth. And so I read it, and it's just so much more engaging. And there's, like, this evil character that I just, like, hate his guts so much. And there's this epic love story. Like, this girl walks across England and France to find her, like, lo- like her lover and the ba- father of her baby. And it's like, oh, my God. It's, like, just a wonderful book and um so that actually had also been made into a um, bbc show that i tried to watch on youtube but it was all stretched out (laughs) it looked really (laughs) weird so um that that's another one probably that i just put down like this is not the year of sequels for me or maybe i just don't like sequels i don't know which one it is um but Maybe it deserves, I, I also hear it's good. You can read them in either order, whichever one first, but um, it just didn't grab me the same way. So I have a question. Yeah. So, because I think I answered this one, didn't I? Yes. I have a question that's not on the email that I just sort of thought of, but okay. I'd be curious to hear what you say. Is there any book you read that you think did not get these? So there's one you read that deserves another chance. Is there one you read that you don't think got hyped up enough? got hyped up enough hmm <laughs> that is an interesting question hmm. huh. or inversely if it's easier was there a book that you think was overhyped so what's a book you did finish that did not meet its hype levels either underhyped or overhyped um huh maybe because i don't <laughs> as you may notice i don't look too much at what people are saying that's why I get so confused about what books are about later on um and I I um tend to be really late on a lot of other things that I read outside the podcast the the thing that comes to my mind maybe overhyped was swing time um 
we kind of yeah. we kind of touched on that. Um, underhyped, perhaps, perhaps Turner House. Um, overhyped, maybe maybe Queen Sugar. <laughs> but I think maybe <laughs> Oprah effect. And that I feel is like definitely <laughs> like I feel like that. I don't know how many people are reading the book, and like I said, I got really confused about the episode order, and I hear the TV show is really good, so I think maybe the hype is more so the TV for the mm-hmm. TV than for the book itself. Um, uh, I've been trying to get through White Boy Shuffle, which is um, another Paul Beatty book, and it's <laughs> if you read um, uh, The Sellout, you might know that it has kind of a free-flowing narrative. Um, I actually, so I read that last year and then I listened to the audiobook this year and, um, I really liked the audiobook. Like I thought it was like, he's, uh, I said this before, um, he's a poet, um, first, I think before he was a, a novelist. So a lot of his book has kind of this lyricism to it that translates really well to being spoken and read aloud. Um, but maybe sometimes gets a little confused when you're reading it on the page and I mm-hmm. think that uh, White Boy Shuffle suffers from that more. So maybe I'll try listening to that one if there's an audio version, which there probably is, because it might help me get over some of like the confusion I was having, like just following the thread. But everyone always says, oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Just as good as a sellout. Just as good as a sellout. I don't know that it's good as, it is as good as a sellout because that's a fantastic book. But mm-hmm. um, I need to read that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It's definitely interesting. Um, I asked this question, uh-huh. and I'm probably about to get in trouble. Oh, yeah. I think for overhyped, uh-huh. and I mean this in the nicest way possible. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I touched on this before. I think Black Panther uh-huh. by Tanisi Coates, uh-huh. because I think, I know, one, I'm not a big comic reader, okay. and I'm not that familiar with Black Panther. So maybe this is how it is, and maybe I was expecting something different. The very first like I read the paperback once it was released in September Mm -hmm. and it was the collected first five volumes four or five volumes and I feel like I don't know maybe I was expecting something else but what we got was not what I was expecting and I feel like that very first issue got a lot of attention and then after that it's sort of yeah petered out yeah it petered out and I wonder if it's because like Tanitikos is a very smart intelligent man and I feel like he wanted to say something with this series and I feel like maybe Maybe he aimed a little bit too high. Yeah. And I don't mean that to insult comic book readers or anything, but I think when you read a comic book, you're expecting a certain level of action. You're expecting a certain level of um, artistry and, like, things. And I didn't really get that with Black Panther. Yeah. It was good, though, and I'd get the second volume just to see how it continues. Yeah. Because I actually did like how the women in the story were really interesting. The way Black women were um, portrayed as both people who suffered and then people who survived and then in turn people who sort of rebelled mm-hmm. so I thought that was really interesting and I would love to see that play out more but I was sort of like I wasn't really expecting what we got and so mm-hmm. I had waited I'm glad I waited so long to get it if I had just gotten the first volume and then had to wait for I don't know if I would have enjoyed it as much mm-hmm. if I had, had to space it all out I probably wouldn't have picked up like fourth or fifth one yeah it's kind of interesting that you say that um I think that's when people maybe who aren't as familiar with comics think about them they're like oh this is just a story with pictures but I Mm -hmm. think that as you get more into it you realize that like comic as a medium can do things that books 
can't do and it should behave in a way that's different than books like it's not Mm -hmm. purely purely language based yeah so the everything needs to be working in tandem and you need to be thinking about the conventions of comics like I think of um saga um I love Saga. Yeah, so it's like Saga is doing a lot of different things and it's doing them so it's it's doing it so well that you don't really think <laughs> about it. Like you have okay, you have the narration and you have the language like um it's just really well written. Like the actual dialogue is well written. But then, you know, the character design, the layout of pages, the mm-hmm. uh the way the arcs are structured, how they move back and forth in time, how they you know, can switch back and forth from all these characters. Like, those are things that comics can do that a book can't quite do. Not mm-hmm. because it's just it's two different medium, media. So you... Sometimes I feel like when I heard ta Coates was doing it, I was like, oh, I know that he's a really good writer. I don't know much about the artist. Um, and I don't know who's, like, directing. I don't know if that's the right word. So I don't know if if it's doing all these things, like it could have really strong writing, it could have really strong art, but if you're not thinking about, you know, like you said, you might expect some action in a superhero story. You might expect this or that. And if it's not doing that, it's like, well, maybe it's time to evaluate. Like one of my favorite comics is, um, uh, the wicked and the divine, which I think is just beautifully, beautifully illustrated. I need to read that one. It's on my bookshelf and I haven't <laughs> opened it yet. Yeah. Story not so much. So when they when the uh when the artist left for a while, I put that book down and I still haven't picked mm-hmm. it back up because I was like, well, yeah, but you're missing like that's a very visual driven driven story. The visuals drive it. So I just think that sometimes, you know, or I see like these indie comics, people tell me they're great. And it's like just a huge wall of text and like a guy sitting at a table. And I'm like, that's fine. But I just feel like I could have just read that. Like, I right. feel like I did, this didn't need to be a comic. I think another thing that sort of threw me off was it begins like in May Arrest. So it begins with something having already happened. Um, and I have the patience for that in a book when it's all there. Mm-hmm. And I know I can read it. It's kind of disorienting when you have to read something in installations, like in pieces, Mm -hmm. and you're trying to put it all together after it's already happened. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to make it sound like I didn't like it. I did like it. I just, I didn't like it as much as I thought I would. I thought I would love it a lot more. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it's it's good. And it needs more time. And I think it just needs more time. And I feel like it has the potential to be really great. It's just, I don't know, maybe it's just, that's what happens on the first one, when you're world building. Yeah, maybe it could it needs be. Time, yeah. yeah, needs time to settle and grow. Um, one book that I thought was really big at the beginning of the year and then sort of went away was Homegoing. Oh. Did you read? I did not read Homegoing. Yeah, I guess it's, um, do you know the, so it's yes. Homegoing by, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, Yai Gayasi, I feel like I mispronounced that too. And basically what it is, it tells the story of two sisters, one who stayed in Africa and one who gets shipped to the Americas as a slave. And it, like, kind of messed with my mind because as you go through the different generations, you just realize how many, like, genetic blood family members you could have across the country that you may not even realize it because of, you know, abductions, because of, you know, slave, the way the slave trade worked, mm-hmm. the way selling and punishing slave worked. So it was, like, I really liked it. Um, it's basically a series, if you read it, it's a series of vignettes. Mm-hmm. And I think it works best that way. They are sort of connected, but... 
it's connected in that like your parents are your parents, but their story isn't necessarily your story. Like, yeah. So I liked it. It was her language is really pretty. I thought it kind of got it kind of got a bit sentimental towards the end. Hmm. Like I really liked it because she told a story, and sometimes characters, even if they were good characters, didn't get the things they were deserved, and sometimes even if they're bad. They got good, like, she, it was like life. Things didn't play fair. Good things happened to bad people. Bad things happened to good people. And then we have the end where it's sort of, like, tried to loop everything up really nicely with a, and make it seem like, it was, I don't know, it was just too sentimental. Everything was wrapped up a bit too neatly mm-hmm. for what was basically a 14-generation story mm-hmm. evolving across continents and across the country. So, but it was still good. I'd recommend that one. And I feel like I saw it everywhere at the beginning of the year. And now I haven't seen it anywhere. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, so, some, yeah, some things become, like, darlings in the moment, and then it's like, oh, but look at this, and then... Yeah, this other shiny new thing. Yeah. Underground Railroad, though, I feel like ever since yes, that came out. that has been, like, <laughs> like a runaway <laughs> train. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> and that was one, cause one of my questions was, which, or one of Molly's questions was, which big book did you, quote-unquote, miss? Yeah. And that was one of mine. That was mine, and too. I feel like... <laughs> I feel like it because it came so late in the year mm-hmm. and I was like, I can't deal with, I can't deal with this right now. Yeah. I plan to read it at the very beginning of 2017. Mm-hmm. Like that is definitely on my TBR and I plan to buy it with Christmas money. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was one, that was a big one I missed and I won a book award. I know. I it and together. it sounds good. Like it sounds it really, sound good really good and really engaging. But I was like, oh, I'm sad in real life. <laughs> I know. Like, I'm sad in real life. Yeah, I was like, I can't do it. It sounds like what um, what Underground Airlines was trying to be. Yeah. Like some kind of alternate take, only it was done better. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, because it's, it's by Colson Whitehead, right? Mm-hmm. And it's if the Underground Railroad was an actual railroad, mm-hmm. which is interesting to think about. Mm-hmm. So I've got to read that one. And then the other big one I missed was we should all be feminists and I have no excuse guys I have nothing I should have read that by now and you know what I'll probably get off and go I know it's like three dollars on kindle so when we're done I'll go pay the three dollars and just read it because because this is the same. I've heard the TED talk but I don't think that excuses it so. but yeah so those are my two big 2016 hits that I've not yet read yeah yeah, I, I also had Underground Railroad, which I do plan to read, and The Mothers, which I don't, because it sounds like it's going to depress me. <laughs> I'm sorry, like, it could be cool, but I'm sure it is. Like, give me another Turner House. Like, keep giving me Turner Houses. Keep giving me, like, swing times. We just want to be happy. I just want to be happy for, like, the next four years and one month. <laughs> Like, oh gosh. Yeah, I don't see there I go thinking about it again. Um, I think I sent when I sent the email to Molly, I think I actually put in the opening paragraph because I'm trying to ignore <laughs> the electoral college. You did. So, I, so I sent her a bunch of questions while on the work clock and I was like, I can't deal with this right now. So um was there anything I think let me see, I think we had a pretty decent Oh, what were your reading goals for next year? Ah, okay. So my reading goals for next year, and this is based on that statistical analysis that I did. Um, I want to like make a focus of reading non-US based writers and translated works next year. 
um, because I was really lacking in that <laughs> regard this year. Um, I do want to do better record keeping for the journalism and criticism pieces that I read. Um, I want uh, some more diversity in the genre fiction that I read because I, I read mostly um, fantasy and weirdly historical this year, <laughs> which is like not typically what I read. Um, so I definitely want to read. Um, Danielle's got this uh, plan to get me into some uh, romance um, and then I want to yeah send some romance recs that you think Molly should read yes definitely um, and then um, read some shorter books because I did I, I will share at least this one statistic um, let's see uh, where did it go yeah about 50% of the books that I read this year <laughs> were 500 plus pages I know that like bless you yeah, half of that. So a quarter of the books that I read this year were a thousand pages or longer. Um, so it would be nice to like, you know, change it up a little bit, shorten it up sometimes, read uh, read more widely. <laughs> read, a, read a novella. Read a, read a novella, yeah. So um, my reading goals are a little bit less book focused. If you, again, if you followed Goodreads, just stress me out all year. <laughs> Because I kept, like, it would let me know how far behind I was in my challenge. And basically, like, you're not going to meet it. You're not going to make it. And it was right. I ended up having to go change it. So I think this year, my goal is to try to do book journaling. So I'll still probably use Goodreads for, like, recording and um, posting what I read and finding new books. But as terms of keeping track of what I read, I'm either going to, like, do one of those fancy Excel spreadsheets I've seen people do. Or um, I actually have a notebook I think I might do and just like handwrite it. And I hope, my hope is that if I focus less on the number mm-hmm. and more on what I'm reading, I can get more out of it and just be a more attentive reader, get better insights and not be so focused on, oh, I've got to hit all these numbers, mm-hmm. all these numbers. Because when you get pulled into like the bookish parts of the internet and you see people who are like, oh, I read 500 books in 2000. It's like, how? Like, how? I'm like, oh my god! It's like, did you hear about Westworld? Because it was fantastic, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna apologize for watching that. Also, have you seen Empire? (laughs) Did you eat any food? It makes me doubt my own like book cred. It's like, do I really like books? Maybe I don't like them enough. Uh... And it's like, not. And it's like, no. I mean, like that's more than that's almost two books a day. And it's like, well, no, it's not really. It's a book and a half a day, I guess. Uh But it's like. That's a lot of reading, <laughs> and I have a job, and I have school in the evening, and so like I don't want to get so caught up in trying to hit like really high numbers uh-huh. that I lose focus of like so quality over quantity mm-hmm. is what I'm trying to go for next year mm-hmm. because it just constantly stressed me out. And then at one point I stopped reading completely because oh, no. I was like, so I was like, if I don't finish these, I can't start anything new. But then I wouldn't <laughs> finish the other ones so it's like this terrible feedback loop nah. <laughs> it is kind of funny um and I don't know if you're ready to transition yet but I just heard like a beautiful transition um that you're gonna focus on quality over quantity next week or next year, mm-hmm. next year. <laughs> I think you know where I'm going I heard this. that slip <laughs> next week next week so yeah I do know where you're going uh, so, so do, do you, you wanna, wanna... <laughs> I guess I can prep it one of our goals is to um when we did this was to do a good mix of both literary fiction and genre fiction, mm-hmm. because I think I mentioned this last time we recorded was that, um, I would go look for book podcasts and there are book, there are black book podcasts. I don't want to make it seem like there aren't, but, um, they, most of them either are like news, mm-hmm. like better than the book or, um, reviews 
or they would be either very particularly in one genre mm -hmm. or they'd be like literature like there was no mix mm -hmm. they would do one or the other and it was like i would like something that like more like they would just include more be more inclusive in the types of books and also one that focused on women which is what we're doing so we decided that our year was very literary heavy mm -hmm. so we've decided to kick off 2017 we're going full genre like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> to give you an just to give you a taste of what we did the article that helped us find the title was was we found a BuzzFeed article called 17 Urban Lit Books That Are Doing the Absolute mm -hmm, Most. Mm -hmm. And we looked on this list and we picked one. And honestly, I don't even know how you pick. Like, <laughs> the titles were pretty great. Like, like no prescription, no problem. <laughs> Dr. Lee. <laughs> um, the Dope Man's Wife. Like, we're going, we're going full in. We have not done any Urban Lit. And I think it's time. We should. We, sh we should. We need I think to. it is. So we are reading for next month. I lost it already. Oh, this could be us, but you playing uh -huh. by Catch It. Catch It is one name. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, I get it. Catch It. Yeah. Like Ratchet, but uh, Catch It. I don't know. I get it. I don't it. know. I don't know. We already bought it, and <laughs> <laughs> this is the book we're reading. This is yes. Yeah, so please, it looks fantastic, and I'm like, I'm really, really, really excited to read this one <laughs> because it just. I mean, like we said, we were kind of going through these and we read the prologue from this one and it's already hilarious. It's talking about children who are like in full makeup on Instagram. And I was like, yes, I just had this argument with someone the other day, like a nasty plates of food. <laughs> like it's going to be, I, I, you know, how I said I really identified with Turner House. I might really also identify with this could be a switchy plan. And it took us a while to pick one because some of them were a bit too like too heavy they were too heavy like one where she was getting beat, beat. up by the hero i was like i can't they i can't like, have fun her with this. mom hates her and her dad's in prison for trying to kill the mother she can't catch a break and we were like that's a little bit more than, <laughs> more than a break a break she needs more than a break she needs extensive therapy and yeah a business so, plan this will be maybe my first modern urban lit i read oh what's his name like the brown girl series brown girl lost series i think uh, when i was in high school and i read sister I soldier like, when i was in high school which i love yeah i feel like this is a different like this is neo urban yeah lit. yeah and i'm curious to see like our first kind of foray into into genre fiction like i'm danielle is probably like this is really weird but i'm like really excited to get started because <laughs> like that that prologue was hilarious and that's just what i want right now i just want hilariousness i want someone to, to like confirm my views about instagram hoeing like <laughs> i'm ready <laughs> so yeah so that is our plan for 2017 mm -hmm. and i think we also hope we hope who knows it'll happen to do more than once a month. Mm -hmm. It's really going to depend on how. Like Molly's a more prolific reader than I am, so this is all on me, I believe. Like, it's on me to step it up. And, yeah. uh, but we did talk about you know maybe doing off weeks where you know we're reading, but then we also have some news or doing shorter books or doing genre yeah. in between. And we should do Binti. We should do Binti. I really want yeah. to read that. Like I saw that I saw Binti and I saw Inheritance trilogy. And I was like, I'm going for that thousand pager. So I'm about 500, <laughs> well, I'm about uh, maybe 200 pages into that, really liking it. But yeah I, yeah, I need to vary up the lengths of the books that I read. Well, because Binti is like 90 pages, and I think there's a book two coming out ah, okay. in 2017. So Or we could read we uh, will... Oppressed in the Butt by my Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> 
so many things you could read. It's so, so many. Yeah. So we'll try and do a better job, I think, also of sending them out ahead of time. Yeah. Like, yeah. They, like I'm going to get it together this year and we'll approve the list like maybe a three or four months in advance and then we can put it out. So then if you want, you can read it and mm-hmm. join us. Mm-hmm. So we have plans for 2017, including getting our social media game together. Yes. The podcast, I think, is really working for us mm-hmm. as opposed to like written blogs. Yeah. I think it's just we have a better flow and yes. it's just easier to sit down and do it. Yeah. And I think, you know, podcasts are the wave of the future. That's true. That's where the money is going, apparently. Apparently, someone yeah. sponsor us. Bevel. I know. Nature Box. Casper. Casper. So, yeah. <laughs> we will gladly sell your product in exchange for, you know, help us out with these. Help us out, fees. you know. This is all coming out of my pocket. <laughs> so... But other than that, I'm really excited for 2017. We're too. hoping to do more. Yeah. We're going to read some interesting things. <laughs> and uh, we're going to try to ignore reality. Yes. Come <laughs> and look at this. This could be, could be us, but you play in instead yes. of watching the inauguration. I, I mean, that sounds better. like a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> and exactly. I'm going to make sure this is, we're going to read that book and have it up <laughs> on inauguration day. Because you'll need us at that point. Yes, and you know what? We'll need you too. So keep writing exactly. in. We love the res- the feedback that we've gotten so far. We love the shout outs that we've gotten from like other like big sister blogs, big brother blogs. Are like, look at that while we're there. Like, you know, it makes us feel good. Um, Someone said they read another Brooklyn because of us, and yeah. that was like the proudest moment. I know of, like, it was so awesome. Like, we just um, we love. We started this because we love books. Like, we love reading. We love narrative we love being black we love talking about being black and it was just this really happy confluence of all those things and if you love those things too then you know let's be friends let's talk about yeah. it yeah always feel free to chat us up because we'll we hope to make this more like a community and less like us just talking to people so yeah because we'll talk forever and... exactly <laughs> you're like we all shut up okay so from us to you, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Solstice, Happy Three Kings Day, Happy uh, Boxing Day. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you're out there celebrating, enjoy yourself. Stay safe. Be like my grandma. Close all the windows and go into the basement. <laughs> oh, on New Year's? Yeah. yeah. Um, so if you would like to chat with us, you can tweet us at BlackTickLick blackchicklit.com or no that's the website blackchicklit.com or you can tweet us at blackchicklit gosh that is a tongue twister of an name that's all thank you guys for listening thanks guys we'll see you bye. in january bye yeah see you in january bye <laughs>